Does God have preeminence in your life? Or is he an EMT? An emergency medical technician who we only call when we're in trouble. That's the last call. God says, I don't want to be the last call you make. I want to be the first call you make. God bless you. I greet you with Jesus' joy and excitement and enthusiasm for this is the day that the Lord has made. Don't let the devil fool you. This is God's day. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We're going to be glad over the word of God. We're going to be glad over what Christ did for us. We're going to be glad in our understanding being developed that we might walk in truth. I taught a series at our church that really impacted our church on being grounded I want to share part of it with you right now. The message is entitled Grounded in Faith. It's important that we be grounded, that we know who we are, that we know what we believe, and we know in whom we believe. Let's take a look at God's Word. Go to the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 17. I'll meet you there. So we're going to talk about what are the basic elements that cause us to be grounded in our faith. I want you to go to Colossians for a minute. Chapter 1, verse 17 through 23. Colossians, chapter 1, verse 17, 23. And this is really, really review and might be boring to some of you who are already grounded, but you need it too. You're going to be all right. You don't have to stand. I'm just teaching. Colossians, chapter 1, verse 17 through 23. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. I want to take that one verse. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. If that is not your testimony, you are not grounded in the faith. The writer here speaks in reference to the creation, that he is the creator throughout, through which the creation has been formed. He is before all things, alpha, the beginning, in the beginning, God, not, not matter, not atoms, not molecules, not cells, not monkeys. In the beginning, God. He is before all things. And by him, all things consist. Again, the writer is talking about cosmos. He's talking about planets. He's talking about the earth. He's talking about galaxies, atmosphere, all matter, material things. All things by him consist. And this is true. Even science can only go so far in the exploration of what causes material to hold together. There is some invisible force between atoms and molecules that cause them to connect, that science knows, holds it together, but cannot define it. The Bible clearly defines it. It is God. Holding your chair together, it is God. Holding your house together, it is God. Holding the molecules of the wood together, it is God. Holding your life together, it is God. Holding your mind together, by him all things consist. He is the recipe, he is the force, he is the glue that holds all things together. Anything that lasts long in your life and is consistent is consistent because God God is holding it together. 
In fact, God is holding you together. How many of you know that you've gone through enough things that you should have lost your mind, had a nervous breakdown, threw in the towel, freaked out on everybody, gone postal at work, shot everybody to death, and yet you're coming in talking about good morning, how are you today? It is not because you're so strong, it is not because you're so powerful, but he is holding you together. Come on, somebody. The writer says that he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body. He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he should have the preeminence. He is in charge. <clears throat> He's the boss. He's the CEO. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is above and before all things. He is the head of the church. He runs the church. He's got the last say-so on everything. Why would you come to this place and never meet the head? The head is God. He is the head, and you are not here until you are connected to him because he is before all things, and by him all things considered. That seems real simple, except what you don't realize is that many people come to church because of not connected to God, they're connected to the potter's house. Some people come here, they're not connected to God, they're connected to me. Some people come here, but they're not connected to God, they're connected to all the beautiful women that are in this church. They didn't come to church to seek God, they came to seek you. Oh, do you sitting there looking all shocked? I've been out in the lobby. Everybody's not passing scriptures. I've seen those brothers out there winking and blinking and talking about, praise the Lord. There's a praise the Lord and then there's a praise the Lord. Anytime you drop down into your bass tone, it's not for Jesus. Come on, it's not for Jesus. It's not for Jesus. It's a camouflage suit with a hidden agenda. Just because he says Jesus stuff doesn't mean he's a Jesus guy. Watch them tones. When that voice drops down, it is not for the Lord, baby. It is for you. Let all the brothers say amen. You have to realize then that you, this only becomes relevant to you when you have a God connection. He is the head of the body, the church, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now, I want you to understand, I want you to underline that word preeminence. If you're old-timey and you're writing in the Bible like I do, or if you're taking notes, I want you to underscore it because that preeminence is important. It speaks to majesty. It speaks to royalty. You address certain royalties by calling him his eminence. His eminence. We have come before you today to greet his eminence with the various facts and components of this case. God says not only is he his eminence, he is preeminent. He is before all other eminence. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is absolutely there. I am trying to get you to understand that what I'm talking about being grounded in your faith is having a relationship with more than superficial accruements of religious suggestions. More than crosses on your neck, 
ectus on your car, more than wearing long skirts and looking deep and spiritual, more than playing Mahalia Jackson in your house, more than skip dancing to praise and worship music. We got a whole lot of that. But when trouble comes, the reason you can't stand trouble is that your root doesn't go any deeper than the fact that you sing in the choir. And if they don't call on you to sing your solo, you'll leave this church. Because you are not rooted to God, you're rooted to the stage. And if you don't get the stage, you are out of here. If, you, if we don't acknowledge your ministry, you are out of here. If you don't get to preach, you are out of here. If you don't get to be seen, you are out of here. If you don't get the platform you need, you are out of here. But there are some people in this church, whether I sing or don't sing, whether I preach or don't preach, whether I'm on the stage or on the floor, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth and you can tell a difference between somebody who's singing for the stage and singing for the Savior it's, I don't care what you say you can tell a difference preeminence that he is before all things that he is royalty, that he is the head, that he is in charge, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Does God have preeminence in your life? Or is he an EMT, an emergency medical technician, who we only call when we're in trouble? That's the last call. God says, I don't want to be the last call you make. I want to be the first call you make. I want you to call me when you're looking at the job, not when you're about to get laid off the job. I want you to call me early in the morning before your day gets started. I want to be before all things, and by him all things consist. I want you to have a prayer life when there is no microphone. I want you to pray off camera. I want you to pray in the shadows, in the dark, every day consistently until I know that I am before all things in your life. You won't take a job without me. You won't without me. You won't take a position without me. You will not marry without me. You will not choose a spouse without me. You won't make a medical decision without me. I want to know that I am before all things. You go ahead and keep putting your spouse first. You'll find out spouses will fail. Children will fail. Pets will fail. Mama, as good as mama is, will fail you. Daddy, as wonderful as daddy is, will fail you. But God says, I have never failed you. I have always been there for you. Why are you making me last when I ought to be first in your life? In fact, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God in all its righteousness and all these things things should be added. I gave you the husband. I gave you the wife. I bless you to have the children. I gave you the job. I gave you the house. I gave you the education. I paid your school bill. I brought you through the store. I wish I had a witness in here. Somebody shout preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him talking about Jesus should all fullness dwell. It pleased the Father that in him being in Christ should all fullness dwell. This is even the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Without Jesus, you cannot access the Father or the Holy Spirit. 
that in him should all fullness dwell. When you say, Jesus, you have not robbed the Father, nor have you ripped off the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is the icon through which you gain access to the fullness of the Godhead. All you gotta do is press Jesus and the whole Godhead opens up to you. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. The Bible said he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, yet made of himself no reputation. He so pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Let me give you more Bible. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Not aside from, not apart from, in whom. I am well pleased. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. You just hit the button. You just hit the button. You just hit the button. That access is the fullness. Do you understand the power of what I'm saying? That when you're in that hospital room and you say in the name of Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead is accessible through that one click. J-E-S-U-S opens up the fullness of the Godhead. Still to come on the Paris Touch. When it comes to doctrine, ask questions. What do we believe? Stop doing stuff that you don't know why you're doing it. I just saw everybody else raising their hands. I raised my hand. All of them else were saying, thank you, Jesus. And so I thought I didn't want to be different, so I said, thank you, Jesus, too. I heard them speaking in tongues, but I don't know why they do it. Ask questions. Ask questions because you want to learn and know what you believe. One moment can reveal truth. I think that you see the best in him, but you don't see the best in you. One moment can give hope. You can teach other people how to love you by how you love yourself. One moment can change the rest. Out of the ashes of what you have left will come the resurrection of all that you will gain. In order to be rooted in your faith, these three areas have to be evidenced in your thinking, in your life, and in your heart. And number one is in whom you believe. In whom you believe. Not, oh, let me tell you, I, I was someplace and they were, oh, this woman was teaching, she was teaching some awesome stuff. And then she got down to praying and she started praying to the universe and my eye popped open. <laughs> I was going real good, you know, got right down principles, I was all into it. And she said, and now I pray to the universe, my eye popped open. Why would I pray to the creation when I can pray to the Creator. Okay, so I want you to be clear on in whom you believe. We can fellowship with all kinds of people, but we gotta be clear on whom, in whom we believe. We can respect everybody, but we gotta be clear on in whom we believe. That's why you'll see me on secular talk shows and I can talk to anybody from an ecumenical perspective, from a political perspective, it makes no difference. But then I will always make a distinction. As a Christian, I believe, I understand that I have to live 
in a society that incorporates a lot of ideologies. I even like that I live in a society that embraces various ideologies. I don't want a government imposing one religion on me. That's what our country is built on. It's the freedom to believe as your heart dictates. So I respect that freedom and your choice therein. But as for me and my house, So you got to be clear on in whom you believe. That's deity. That's deity. Who has the preeminence? Who is the author and finisher of your faith? That's deity. In whom you believe. That's something you can have when the potter's house is closed. You don't have to wait for the church to open. You don't have to schedule a meeting with the priests. Do you not know you don't need me to absolve your sin? Do you not know you don't have to go in a booth with me and tell me what happened to you when you were seven and what happened to you when you were 12 and, and why you're still with that crazy joker you're with right now? You don't have to talk to me about it. I don't want to hear all that stuff. I mean, I will help you if I need to help you, but you don't have to get me on the phone to get God on the phone. You don't have to say, you know, when I get to church Sunday, I'm going to get right with God. Suppose the car breaks down. Suppose the church doors are closed. Suppose I, I die, I drop dead. This is not built on me. You got to know clearly in whom you believe. That is the deity. So you must be clear about in whom you believe. Who is your deity? Personally, I don't want a God I have to carry. Some people worship and I respect it. They put their God in their suitcase. They set up a shrine in their room and they worship a God they carried to Nebraska. I don't want to worship a God I have to carry to Nebraska. I want to worship a God who can carry me to the Nebraska. You understand? So who do you worship? You have to be clear about that. In whom you believe that he has the preeminence, that he is your eminence. He is your king of kings, your Lord of lords. Number two, in what you believe. That's your doctrine. In what you believe. You, you know, I was telling uh, one of my uh, mentees who's trying to develop a position, a corporate position, and, and I told him, you can develop the position, you can be trained to do the job if you have the courage to ask questions. People who don't do well in upper level positions don't do well because they won't ask questions. Whenever you've entered into an arena for which you are underdeveloped, don't fake like you know what you don't know. Because if you really don't know it, sooner or later people are gonna find out you don't know it. It is far better to be inquisitive and ask questions because when you ask questions you learn why. When you learn why, you can be sure of yourself. When you're sure of yourself, you can make choices. When you make choices, you are respected. When you are respected, you are promoted. When it comes to doctrine, ask questions. What do we believe? Stop doing stuff that you don't know why you're doing it. I just saw everybody else raising their hands. I raised my hand. All of them else were saying, thank you, Jesus. And so I thought I didn't want to be different, so I said, thank you, Jesus, too. I heard them speaking in tongues, but I don't know why they do it. Ask questions. Ask questions. Because you want to learn and know what you believe. 
You're clear about who you believe. Now let's learn what you believe. Now, in order to learn what you believe, you can't just go to church on Sunday. You got, you got to hit that Wednesday night, baby. You got to get in some of those classes. You got to take some of those courses because you, you want to learn what you believe. This causes you to be grounded. Third thing I want to give you is the instrument of faith. And the instrument of faith, but what I mean by the instrument of faith is how does faith come? How do we get it? Let's be clear about how we get it. Because if we were clear about how we got it, we would have to run three services in here on Sunday. How we get our faith. Let's be clear about it. Romans 10, 17 clears it up. So then faith cometh by and hearing by. So that's how we get our faith. Now, why should I have to beg you to come here? If faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, why don't I have to be creative with commercials to get you to come? If I have to tantalize you into coming, maybe you don't have anything to feed. I don't have to tantalize you into eating. I forgot to eat for three days till I saw that Burger King commercial. You know why you don't forget to eat? There's something living inside of you that demands to be fed. And nobody has to remind you to eat because you crave eating because you are alive. If you are alive in Christ, you want to hear this word. I expect to invite sinners to church. I do not expect to invite saints to church. You invite sinners and backsliders. Saints are going to come eat because they're hungry. Let all the saints clap their hands. <laughs> so we understand our deity. We understand our doctrine. And then we understand the declaration of faith. Go to 1 Corinthians. I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 21. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 21. I almost for a moment thought I was back in the old days. In the old days, you would give the scripture like that and somebody would start reading for you. Y'all remember when I first came here teaching? And the lady would be back and reading, for the preaching of the cross, come on. <laughs> Read it again. No, it didn't. What did it say? Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Listen to this. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. People who are perishing or want to perish, when you give them RCD, they don't play it. They'll listen to it in a few minutes and say, that's foolishness. Put on something else. It, they don't hear what you hear because their ears are stuffed up. There was a time you wouldn't have heard it. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. In, in fact, one of the reasons I knew I was meant to be a Christian is when I heard it, when I came and I was exposed to it, I heard it. You know what I mean? I heard it. 
I heard it. I wasn't right or living right or nothing like that. And it, it bothered me and it made me uncomfortable, but I knew it was something to it because something inside of me said, yeah. It woke up something inside of me. If I could have just laughed it off and walked away, then it's foolishness to me. And there are some people you can't make them. You cannot, you cannot, when my sister was a kid, you could not make her eat. My mama had a rule you couldn't get up till the plate was clean. Jackie sat there till she almost got arthritis. You can't make somebody eat if they're not hungry. You can't make somebody enjoy what they don't enjoy. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish, what? But unto us which are saved it is what? For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Have not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Hasn't God made foolish the wisdom of this world? In your own life, in your own life, hasn't God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Look at all the people that by all rights, they don't think you should have what you have, be where you are, do what you do, enjoy what you enjoy. They don't even understand why you're sitting here right now. But God, by the power of his word, blessed you with stuff that doesn't even make sense. And they say, how can a woman like her have a blessing like that? And that's when you tell them to God be the glory for the things he has done. I'm trying to tell you that God will give you a blessing that doesn't make sense. A crazy blessing, a stupid blessing, a ridiculous blessing. He'll bless you till the heathens are scratching their head saying, no, she didn't do that. No, she didn't come up out of that. Not that girl after all she's been through. God will show the world that he is your God by how he bless you. I want the blessed people to give God a praise. Listen, you must be grounded in your faith in God. God is holding your life together. He is the Lord of Lords. In the face of trouble, victory comes by being rooted in Jesus Christ. So many today have misplaced faith their faith is in their own success. Partners, together, we help them to discover faith in God, not faith in you. Thank you for the part you play in our global partner systems. One moment can reveal truth. I think that you see the best in him, but you don't see the best in you. One moment can give hope. You can teach other people how to love you by how you One moment can change the rest. Out of the ashes of what you have left will come the resurrection of all that you will gain. God wants to give you the grace to be grounded in every aspect of your life. You are a limited resource, and some of you are worn out now because you are too many things to too many people. You got to bring your circle down for where God is getting ready to take you to. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive Grounded in Faith on CD from Bishop Jake's mind-renewing series, Grace to be Grounded. He thinks he did something because he knocked you down to your knees. But you just knocked me down to my ground level. 
And when your gift is $110 or more, you'll receive Grace to be Grounded in its entirety on seven CDs. Your very own walk through the Grace to be Grounded series with Bishop Jake's 28-day devotional and unique Grace to be Grounded art desk display. There's going to be all kind of enemies gathered around it trying to convince you that it's not yours. God said stand your ground. Don't be stuck in infertile territory. Get the Grace to be Grounded. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody right now that God has made a liar out of the naysayers that said you wouldn't make it. You should have been destroyed. You should have lost your mind. You should have blown your brains out. Anybody who came from the childhood that you came from should have committed suicide. But against all odds, God's got you sitting there clothed in your right mind. Give him a praise right now.